0: Hello and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Daryl Grove, and sitting across the table from me is a man who knows all the moves. All the moves. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. I appreciate that intro. It is wildly inaccurate. <laughs> you know more moves than me, or you okay. can you can successfully <laughs> execute more moves than me. Let's put it that way. Because today we're talking, what I want a better term, but I'm going to call them skill moves. Sure. Four different skill moves that we're going to tell you all about. That's do what you, I
1: have it listed as in my documents. Do skill move terms. Is,
0: am I like two um, EA Sports FIFA influenced here? Probably.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's just tough because like moves doesn't quite pull it, it off. Yeah, yeah, and like skill moves maybe implies that there's a name to it. It has yeah, a little yeah. bit of a history, a little bit of branding to
0: it. <laughs> the moves are yeah the Rabona, heard of it. The Travella, know of it. The Elastico, like it. And the Sombrero, confused by it. <laughs> Good good intro, good uh, intro. You want to get straight to it? Let's do it. With the Rabona. Let's do it. So we're yeah. going to try
1: to do a kind of explanation of what it is, how to do it. Yeah, Maybe some famous players that do it, and maybe a little bit of the history behind it, and maybe reasons why... You shouldn't pull it off unless you're prepared.
0: If I've one thing, one thing I've learned from doing our, the total soccer show for ten yes. years, people weirdly love etymology. Like, they so do. If, people would be interested in why they are. These are pedantic. The no, I mean, I think we are, so we attract <laughs> like attracts like. Yeah, right? but first of all, if you've never heard of it before, mm-hmm. what's a rabona? It's a just, rabona. It's almost funny,
1: right? First of all, I've heard it's a skill move. So <laughs> yeah. there's that. Yeah, um, it is essentially kicking a ball by moving your dominant foot behind your plant foot to strike the ball on the outside of your plant foot with your dominant foot's laces. That is
0: a very accurate description. I
1: try. Um, I try. Who have we seen do this? Many people. Uh, yeah. The one, weirdly, Neymar comes to mind, although I don't think I can remember a specific time he's done it. I just mm-hmm. kind of assume he has. I'd and I assume Neymar it was an inopportune time. Yes. I
0: bet Neymar could be the answer for all of these. Yeah. I remember Eric Lamella doing it. He sure did for Spurs. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, Eric Lamella would be one. Uh, Angel Di Maria had a famous one for Real Madrid, where he used it as an assist, as yeah. a cross, uh, and then Cristiano Ronaldo has also pulled it off several different times.
0: All right, so why is it called the Robona?
1: This is where it gets a little murky. This is one of those where it's like there's an explanation more so than some of the other ones as an explanation, but it still feels like, well, this happened, and then this, and then this, and then that might have been that, and yeah, that could have yeah. been this. A lot
0: of these are weird, right? I think they're yeah. sort of, they're not dictionary definition terms, they're sort of colloquial mm. terms that yeah. a lot of soccer fans come to use. Yep. I found it quite hard to pinpoint the origin of a lot of these terms. Yes. But they definitely exist because we say the word and everybody knows what it means. We
1: do. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so for this one, I think we're looking at an origin around 1948. Uh, The story would be that it was a match between uh, Estudiantes and Rosario Central in Argentina. Uh, Estudiantes player Ricardo Infante scored from 35 yards out using the move. Argentine Argentine football magazine El Gráfico uh, put an image of the kick on their front cover. The headline of that image was uh, El Infante que se hizo uh, la Rabona, which is like literally translates to like the child plays hooky, something like that.
0: I've heard this explanation, uh,
1: yeah, and it's based on a like popular expression or a well-known expression in Argentina uh, which means to skip school without your parents permission so the idea here I guess was that Infante skipped using his weaker foot by using his dominant foot
0: so that's the sort of there's always a weird yeah. like thing that explains it that doesn't yeah. really make logical sense Mm-mm. but it's just what happened it may be about the translation something is lost in the yeah. translation right? and
1: when I first saw that like, he plays hooky from I sh- his weaker foot exactly but I thought it meant that like the shape that he like hooked the ball with. Or something like yeah. that. That's what I thought they were. Going a with. temptation to be very
0: literal. Yes. Right. The, I remember when I first met my wife. There was a very long um, tr- me trying to explain Cockney rhyming slang, uh-huh. and her insisting that there must be some literal reason why, like dog and bone" means "phone," beyond it just rhyming. Is it? You know what I'm saying? Okay.
1: We're getting we're getting into trouble here, but That's I'm going to go for it anyway.
0: Is it essentially just
1: code? Like, do you just have to know the corresponding yeah. rhyme, and that's all it is? That's it. Basically? Yeah, it just okay. rhymes.
0: That's it. Literally, it rhymes, and it's like so a slang local thing. is the
1: wrong term, though. That's the difference, right? I guess it is a word that's meant to represent something else, which yeah. I guess is the definition of slang, or uh-huh. roughly the definition. But it still feels like it's Cockney rhyming code, basically. Kind
0: of, yeah. I mean, you should be able to figure it out within the context, right? I like, mean, take a walk up the apples and pears; like, you should figure out that that means stairs.
1: It's when they drop the first part, though. That's yeah. like, like the one, the one that always. It comes first to mind, sadly, is from Green Street Hooligans, where he says, like, bees and honey for money. Or yeah. you could just say, like, give me the bees. Yeah. Like, I'm supposed... That's where it's sort of, that's like... That's where it gets hard, is when they yeah. take
0: off the actual part that rhymes. And bees and just... comb.
1: Honeycomb. Give me the comb. You want... yeah. You need a brush? Like, what do you need? <laughs> I'm confused.
0: Yeah, that's fine, Elijah Yes. Don't worry about it. So anyway, yeah. There's, so there's no literal connection between mm-hmm. hooky and the shape of the foot or anything like that. It's more just that expression. I'm, I'm sort of yep. asking you to verify this. Yes. It's more just that expression of... Doing something you're not supposed to do, really. Yeah, yeah. That's, yes. right. that would be the explanation so the offered by
1: El Grafico slash Historians. I mean, sets. El
0: Grafico is a famous publication, right? I will, I will take, their, take their Spanish word for All it. All right. <laughs> Here's the thing. Why would you do this? Why not just use your stronger foot? It, it is. Because I've done rabonas in yeah. games, and it always feels awkward and wrong, and I'm mm-hmm. always thinking, I always think, I should have just used my proper foot. I mean,
1: you can do that. You can definitely do it for show. <laughs> I equate it with, like, have you ever had to one playing pool, like, shoot with the cue behind your back? Like only you, once like or that, twice because
0: you're in a weird position. You're yeah. in a weird
1: position. That's what I would say. That's the equivalent for me of when you do it in a game is like when you know that cross is on. Uh, like, say, if I am dribbling like towards the end line on the left-hand side, I myself am right-footed. I know that Daryl is waiting at the back post, but I've got to loft it over a defender. I might back myself to because you're kind of scooping the ball and hitting with your laces and you're getting that big chip behind you it. you always end up getting
0: underneath it, right? Yeah. It's kind of the only way to hit a Rabona is exactly. to get underneath it.
1: And yeah. so, I mean, I guess you could hit... It. Lamella's was a little bit driven, but that's kind of the outlier yeah. General you're getting that lift behind it and maybe if you don't back yourself to be able to get the kind of like lift given the acute angle you're running at and the non-dominant foot uh-huh. maybe you you go with a rabona there
0: is there an element of disguise to it as well like it should just come as a surprise to the person who's defending you that yeah. you did this right? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, fast enough especially it, maybe when it, i do it's a little slow and like oh a rabona's coming ah,
1: here it <laughs> comes yes and you can do it if you wanted to like one of my favorite things to do is is to then I can't really pull this off. The one time I did, I had to I'd do the whole, like, oh, it was no big deal. I totally meant to do that, and I do it all the time. But it's not a big deal at all. I'm not freaking out inside. Is the fake Rabona into a nutmeg when you go with the Rabona, but then you actually, instead of chipping it, you just pass it forward, like, through the then defender's you legs? You untangle
0: your own legs to go and around Yeah, the but by then
1: the defender's so confused that it comes off, <laughs> or doesn't routinely.
0: Okay. Here's the big question, yep. and I'm already picturing a certain player when I say this. Mm-hmm. What are the downsides of attempting a Rabona? What as, happens when it goes wrong? As with
1: all of these, looking like a fool. Because yes. if you are running, if you are kind of chasing the ball down, and you're trying to do it while running, you could trip over your own legs and fall. The ball could keep moving. And like it's not like you can really adjust that back leg. You're sort of, it's a sense memory thing. Of like, I know where the ball is. I'm going to kind of go not like dominant foot, yeah. get it with the laces. But if that ball keeps rolling, decent chance you whiff, and then you fall over and your legs are tangled and you look stupid.
0: Have you seen the David Dunn video? Yes, oh, I, should- I have. The day at least, but I'm mm-hmm. sure you saw it before anyway, yeah. right? So David Dunn, who was a kind of creative English player, playing for Birmingham City, I believe, tried this mid-game. As you said, the ball was rolling, so it's kind of hard. He ended up, instead of using planting his plant foot and using the other foot to go behind and kicking the ball, he planted his plant foot, used the other leg, and it, his foot kicked out his plant foot. Yes. So he just kicked himself over. Yeah, don't he do that. He tripped himself trying the Rabona.
1: I don't think I, I did it doing a Rabona, but I know one time I like cut my own ankle trying to do a move once because I nailed it with my own cleat. Yeah, that's even more embarrassing because yeah. now you're in pain and you also messed up the move. <laughs> uh,
0: I, would, I would also argue, um, apart from like, the embarrassment mm-hmm. of a David Dunn moment where it can look really bad, don't you lose some accuracy with a Rabona anyway? Like, isn't it more accurate to cross normally? Once you're doing the Rabona, I think you lose some of the targeting. and You you lose a lot of the, you lose any of the curve, like the spin, like in swing, out swing. I mean,
1: I wouldn't say it's about precision. I would say it's more about if you know that, like, kind of semi-lofted ball to the back post is there, and you don't want to have to cut back to then chip it in, and you don't want to use your left foot, Uh, which makes sense to me. Like, I can somewhat use my left foot, but not well enough to be able to, like, deftly weight a chipped ball. Rabona's can be easier, I think. So... That's where it makes sense if it's in like kind of like the fluid moment of the game. I think when they look very dumb is when they're misused. When when they're done unnecessarily or like if you have a bunch of people standing in the box waiting for a cross and then you do it, it's not quite as time sensitive at that point.
0: (laughs) Should we move on to another move then?
1: We should. I should just add though – Doing a Rebona into like a diving header is a very pretty combination. And Sets that is for that's header. when it works the best. Yeah. So
0: Rabona plus diving header yes. is two thumbs up from Taylor Rockwell. Indeed. <laughs>
1: uh, also gets a thumbs up for me, even though I don't always love it, is the Travella.
0: The Travella spelled T-R-I-V-E-L-A. Mm-hmm. Yep. I recently learned. Mm-hmm. I was spelling it Truvella, which I think also might be the the weird off-brand of Stevia that I use. That might could, so be. That might, could be. I might have got confused there, but trevella uh-huh. What is a trevella
1: It's basically when you uh, strike the ball, the way I have it defined as like either for a cross, a long-range pass, or a shot can be one of those three, uh, using the outside of your foot to create like a very unique, almost like biting spin on the ball.
0: Yeah, so it's basically hitting the ball with the outside of your yep. foot, but not just like a simple close pass, right? Mm-hmm. It's when you really put some, put some swerve on it by using the outside of your foot. Yes. Right? It's like That's it, a trevella
1: it it's like reminds me of like a very fancy golf shot almost if you imagine <laughs> that like you're trying to like bend it around a defender but into the path of the on rushing teammate yeah. and you and you hit it with that sort of curve that it spins around the defender but still gets into the path of the attacker yeah it
0: might be one of my favorite passes is a yep. trevella pass mm. that goes one way but bends back the other and avoids all the defenders on the way and lands in the path of, a, of an attacker yep. It's a beautiful thing to look at who is most famous for doing trevellas i mean there's only one there's only one Ricky, R- Q. Ricky Q. Ricardo, Ricardo Carvalho. Carvalho. Oh, Carvalho, wow. No, no, he's more of a tackler. I'm am
1: shamed. I'm, I'm shamed, shamed now. Yes, I'm guessing we're different not a Portuguese in this person. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Ricardo Carreshma, yeah. Ricky Q. Uh, and I would say he uses it all the time, but in a lot of different ways. He yeah. basically uses it for the three things I've said. Sometimes it'll be the long range pass. He always like pulls it off once a game or once every other game, yeah, yeah. you might not always know because it might just be a pass. And you're like, oh, wait, hold on. That had some weird spin. Was that it? But then you'll see the highlight reel either travel cross that nobody saw coming, somebody gets on the end of and gets like the diving header, or you see the kind of shot from distance that bends in top corner yep. and you never saw coming.
0: I would argue as well, when you're facing it, it's just mm-hmm. a weird thing to face. Yep. right? Because it, instead of swinging out, like most crosses from the right would yep. have, mm-hmm. because Kurezma used the outside of his foot, it swings in. And suddenly as a defender, you're not used to that the, the ball doing that from that side, right. it's a whole new thing you have to deal with. That's what makes it challenging. And then there's just the fact that he's so good at it. Yep. He, he's not just doing it to do it. He's doing it with really high level of accuracy. Mm-hmm. So there's the weirdness of it, and then it's really accurate. Suddenly that defender's in trouble, even if he's Ricardo value.
1: Yeah, exactly. Bring it, that's, that's obviously what I was alluding this, to. This is in
0: Portugal national team practice 2010.
1: That sounds right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think like in terms of why you should do it, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, I would yeah. say that like... It is a different ball. It ends up being a different ball than if you played it with your uh, opposite foot. So, for purposes of this conversation, if I'm in like center midfield, Daryl's making a run down the right, like right wing, and I hit it with the outside of the foot of my right foot. It, as I said, it, like bends around, but it has the bite on it. Whereas a left footed pass, like an instep it's, yeah, it's harder yeah. to get the like. That nice amount vicious, of cut, right? but that's the other thing yeah. is because you're you're hitting it outside of the foot, but you're hitting it almost laces and outside of the foot at the same time. So you still get the velocity of like a laces driven ball, mm-hmm. but with the spin because you're hitting it outside of the foot. That's
0: it. It's velocity yep. plus spin equals viciousness. Yep. Um, okay. Here's the tough one. I think. Oh, also
1: Jordan Morris, by the way.
0: Yeah. Well, this is another mm-hmm. thing. There's, there are players who use a lot of Travellers essentially because they. Because they can only use one foot. There's that. I would argue that's not quite as effective. Oh Koreshma is kinda one footed as well, right?
1: He is he can use the other foot though. And I think I guess uh,
0: Morris can use the other foot. But also
1: Kureshma is in such like in like a lot of these moves have lots of people who have used them. Maybe only two have like, specific people that I think come immediately to mind. Yeah. I mean, this is Kareshma. He is head and shoulders above everyone when it comes to Travella. Yeah. And, I, and the reason for that is because he does it so well that you rarely see him like, toe it into the upper, upper stands or something <laughs> like that. So I think that's why for him I'm a bit more forgiving.
0: So the tough question is, why is it called a Travella? There's I, not a good answer to this. Is that I, I think we've find. answered this in the past.
1: And I think like back like then the story that we were able to find was that it was like three sails and it has to do with something with that. Or it was like a trowel. I also saw it proposed that it means like three toes and that you're only hitting so with the outside of three toes. Tree obviously mm-hmm. means three. So yeah. that
0: could be the three toes thing. And if you do hit a ball with the outside of your foot, you really yeah. are using three toes, right? You're not using your big toe and... What's the one next to it called? Y- 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 the equivalent of your index finger, but for your toe.
1: That one. That's the title <laughs> of it. That's yeah. what you call it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, I, but I couldn't really find anything... To back that up, I couldn't feel like a, yeah. a, a, like a linguistic translation of vela meaning toes. It usually means sails.
0: Does vela mean sails?
1: I think so. Yeah. In, so in Italian? Maybe. The maybe.
0: Bo- or Portuguese, I want to say. I mean,
1: it, it tries to translate to Portuguese when you put it into Google Translate. But I asked my friends <laughs> who speak Portuguese, both Brazilian and continental Portuguese, neither was it. No? They were basically able to say like, oh, it's that outside of the foot thing. But they but couldn't the really say then? much more than that as to the but origin no, of the word. no
0: one quite knows why, Mm-mm, right? Yeah.
1: Until we get the... A uh, long scholarly answer from someone about the origin of travella. I was really hoping
0: we could provide it on the show, but it just Mm-mm. isn't it isn't out there. It's one of those things that is just known as a travella. Yeah. And there it is. I there would it is. I would take the three meaning three toes and vela meaning sails because well, yeah. the ball does kind of sail. Okay. So I would take the explanation. Okay. Yeah.
1: Maybe that's what it is. Yeah.
0: Only, only Ricardo Correzma knows. That still
1: feels very reachy yeah. in terms of a concrete explanation. <laughs>
0: All right, finally, why wouldn't you do this?
1: Because it's easy to mess up. Uh, if you <laughs> if you don't hit it right, the ball goes straight and you don't put any spin behind it. And yeah. if you're trying to do that sort of bending through ball, if you just hit a laces ball, you're going to put it out for a goal kick and you're going to look foolish and you're going to get that like, was we'll Aiming for a pass was shaming for a shot. I don't quite know what happened there. Uh, so I think that's one reason. And then the other one, as we've kind of already alluded to, is that it opens you up for criticism. That if you're always oh, doing a Travella instead of using your other foot, yeah, suddenly yeah. it starts to be, is it a – like proclivity or is it a drawback in their game
0: I see is it a proclivity fe- or vulnerability is it a feature or a bug there we go yeah i'm going to say kureshma feature morris bug yep <laughs> one thing that's full of features and no bugs there we are is today's sponsor postmates mm-hmm. so postmates is if you need a sandwich in the middle of the day and you can't leave your office mm-hmm. if you need spaghetti late at night i'm just picking food things
1: you are Here's my question, though. Yeah. Uh, given uh, that, like the the copy has, for example, a breakfast burrito at eight a.m. Yeah, uh, we know Christian Polanco likes to eat that corn on the cob style, harmonica style.
0: Let's, you want a harmonica
1: burrito in the morning? Say you want sushi at nine p.m., but you want to eat it like Christian Polanco. How does Christian Polanco eat sushi?
0: I don't think he does. Uh, I think he'd be scared of sushi. Oh, but if we're, we're but if we're going with
1: like weird ways that he could eat, it, oh. I'm going to say he eats it like like half at a time. Not, like, half a bite, but, like, eats it top down.
0: He eats... Piece of rice by piece of rice. With a knife and fork. He nibbles each piece of rice. Well, with a knife and fork. Okay, he slices off each piece Mm -hmm. of rice. Yes, exactly. All right. And then he he throws away the middle.
1: So in his Postmates, like, uh, additional notes, he can include that he needs silverware (laughs) to make sure he's able to eat it that way. Yeah,
0: please bring a knife and fork and a a ruler so Mm -hmm. I can measure each thing. Um, So, yeah, whatever you need to get, Postmates it. Postmates will deliver it. It's Mm -hmm. your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round, even if you want a harmonica or a burrito. (laughs)
1: Uh, they're the largest on-demand network in the United States. They offer delivery from uh, all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, traditional retailers
0: you could possibly want or need. So, yeah, when you open up the app, if you just like, basically type in your favorite restaurant, yep. you'll find that Postmates is connected to them, and they'll be able to deliver from that restaurant to your door, you won't have to leave your house. For example, or your office, if you have a bunch of podcasts to record.
1: What we need them to do, and I and I'm slightly terrified they may have already done. I think the recurring theme in these, in like all of our shows, is that I'm slowly uh, concerned about the takeover of the machines. Uh, I want them to have the algorithm that, like, I just vaguely describe the thing that I'm somewhat in the mood for, and it's like, oh, you mean this? <laughs> but then I'm nervous that it will learn, and I, I, I don't can, like that.
0: Kind of want comfort food, and you want it to be like mashed potatoes. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: so you download the app for iOS or Android for. Free. Free and you can browse all the local restaurants, businesses, and then you can track your delivery in real time.
1: Beautiful. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100, 100 smackaroos, if you will, of free that's delivery. That's the new currency, right? It is. Uh, I'm sure there's a crypto somewhere called that. Uh, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code SOCCER.
0: Easy to remember. That's the code SOCCER for $100 of free delivery credit. And To be very clear, that's for the delivery delivery portion, mm-hmm. not the food charge portion, for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app.
1: Mm-hmm. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download the <laughs> download Postmates and save with the code SOCCER.
0: Speaking of soccer, uh-huh. we have two more skill moves to get to. You and did a th-
1: lot of legwork to get us there.
0: I got us there, <laughs> Third up, just like a Postmates delivery person would, True. Sure. Um, third up mm. is my favorite one, the Elastico. All right. I think it's the hardest one. I yep. think it's my favorite one to watch. It is the hardest one.
1: Similar to when I like used to, like when I was first doing squats, and I was like, look, look how much I can squat. And the person who knew what they were doing was like, you're going maybe 10% of the way down as much as you're supposed to. <laughs> Similarly, the Elastico, oh, it's easy to think you've got, but in terms of doing it, Totally perfectly, it is real, real hard. Uh, So what is it? You're basically pushing the ball in one direction. I think specifically you're supposed to do it with the outside and then the inside of your foot, but I'm inclined to think it can be either one. But basically you're moving the ball in one direction, in this case with the outside of your foot, before quickly quickly cutting back uh, in the opposite direction with the inside of your foot. With the same foot. With the same foot, and I would argue... To do it, like, really perfectly, it almost needs to look like the foot never stopped touching the ball. As yeah. if you, like, outside of the foot, kind of almost, like, roll your ankle That's around it, right. and then get it with the inside and take it at the same time, which I would argue is why it's called the Elastico. Because, basically, to do it perfectly, it almost looks like your ankle is made of elastic.
0: I think, I think it's the, um, the etymology of this doesn't need, like, a deep explanation. Yeah. I think it's really obvious that it's something mm-hmm. about the elasticity of, of what's yeah. going on. Of, of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so what's
1: going on is that Ronaldinho is the best of uh,
0: these. I'll say it also looks like you know, when you pull an elastic band, a rubber band, mm-hmm. um, it's elastic because you pull it one way, but then it comes back the other way. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, right? that makes sense Stretch in one direction, come back the other. It murders defenders. It really does. Because if you're going with the outside of your foot there has to be usually there's a whole thing to cut back the other way so defenders will you know defend that side that you're going but if you're in one motion going one way then the other way yep. the change of direction is too fast for a defender to adapt to so usually so normally you you yep. send them away mm-hmm. open a bit of space then you can cut inside that's why the Hesko works because even if the defender only slightly bites on
1: it they've still committed like weight and like body positioning in one direction and even uh-huh. if they're able to kind of come back from that Chances are, if you've pulled the move off properly, you've still created a, a little bit of space. Maybe then you go for the Rabona on top, and, and <laughs> it's double tricks. Um, but yeah, and then at like in the best case scenario, the defender completely bites on the like touch on the outside, goes all in for it, and then the quick little move back, and now you've kind of got an open lane potentially to go in on goal. Yeah. So Tobin Heath uh, did this uh, at least once this past World Cup uh, to great effect.
0: Oh dear, dear, dear. Um, okay, Tobin Heath does it. Mm-hmm. I'd say the other Dino. most famous is Dino, 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 Dino. Dino. Yeah, he was. He did this semi regularly yep. for Barcelona and Brazil and I'm going to say he's the best at it I would agree
1: and I think he is he's one like there was a couple of players when we were previewing the Women's World Cup that we were like they, they remind me of Ronaldinho and uh-huh. it's the sort of like Ronaldinho always seemed to be dancing at any given moment. He yeah, seemed yeah. like he was always maybe salsaing a little bit or sambaing, I should say. And and like it, I say that only to say that that factors into my memory of him doing that move. Of like it's he's already got that yeah, like hips moving, hips moving one shoulders moving in one direction, yeah. kind of swaying. The elastico goes with it and just really lends itself to that bit of trickery. It's the
0: smoothness of it as yep. well, right? That's what makes this move so hard. Is to mm-hmm. do it smoothly. You do the outside then inside, and it's so fluid and beautiful when it happens.
1: Yes, uh,
0: when it first. Happened,
1: happened if we want to go a little bit of the historical background Oh you're the remote. first of
0: yeah okay Maybe I'm going to say when I did your 2006 on YouTube
1: That's it that's, that's that's what it was. He'd put it on YouTube he right then. He'd launched YouTube basically. Yeah. Um, it's been popular especially in Brazil since the 1970s. Uh, Roberto Revolino, uh made it famous Revolino. specifically in the 1970 final versus Italy. He pulls it off. That's quite the stage to do it. I didn't know that.
0: But he... World well-cut final elastico yeah, Yes, Revolina. sir. All and right. he
1: made it very famous. He kind of gets credit with like most publicly pulling it off. He says he learned it from his former futsal teammate because it's a popular futsal move. Sergio uh, Achigo. Just uh, the ball he, smaller yep. so you can get your foot
0: around it faster. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I I, I'm you're I spoke over the name.
1: No, it's all good. Uh, Sergio Echigo, uh, and he is credited with the invention, or at least, at least the kind of first use that brought it to Revellino, who then popularized it from there.
0: Why isn't it called the Echigo or the Revolino? Uh Because Elastico
1: is maybe just easier. Yeah, who
0: I And yeah. it's really good, right?
1: Yes, the 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 gods of soccer don't like that it's not called the Revolino, though. Maybe we should do that or the Yachigo. we some thunder in the background. Yep. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. I forgot that the mics never pick that up when I start talking about the weather. Yeah,
0: people would just think you're crazy.
1: That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep them on their toes, Daryl. Got to keep them on their toes.
0: So here's a really obvious question.
1: Mhm why wouldn't you try an elastico? Because you fall, because you sprain your ankle, because you look foolish. It is really difficult to pull off. And the other thing that is very important, if you're like a, a teenager who wants to go out and pull it off, that's great. But similar to how you and I, with the team we coach, do not let people warm up, quote unquote, by standing at the top of the 18, backing up and then kicking a dead ball into the goal, that's not really a game situation. Yeah. The other thing that I have definitely had happen is I've practiced doing it and been able to pull it off Standing, dribbling is a way oh, different animal, and
0: the ball's moving.
1: Yeah, and so <laughs> if you are used to being able to do it standing, then you can do it standing. But if you're then dribbling at somebody and you try to do it, you're adding another component in there that complicates but things honestly, a bit further. Isn't
0: it hard enough even to practice it standing and yes. get it? It's such a tough move. It takes so mm-hmm. so much like ankle movement and so much quick change of direction. Yep. I honestly, ca- I just cannot do it, and I've tried, not really hard, but reasonably hard to to try and do this. of Of the four.
1: I do think it's the hardest to pull off of the four moves we're going to talk yeah. about. I can
0: I can do the other three. Yes. That way. Yeah, yeah,
1: go. Uh, the or, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but I would also say it's the like easiest to look dumb doing. Like the Rabona, you might trip, but I feel like the worst case is you're kind of going to miskick the ball. Yeah. With the Elastico, you can easily trip over the ball, fall over, you dribble straight into an opponent, you like, concede a foul, you do something dumb.
0: Or one way or another, you're losing the ball, yep. because if you push it one way, mm-hmm. but then you're sending yourself the other way, yeah. if the ball doesn't come with you, you're just some dummy running away from the ball Yep, <laughs> who formerly had possession. Don't be a That's dummy. the big downside of the Elastico, right? Mm-hmm. You can just be going the wrong way. You're supposed to do that to the defender, but if you forget the ball... You've gone the wrong way. It's a different different type of move. <laughs> it is. Anything else on the Alaska before we move to our final skill move? Nope. I think that's about it. Okay. Final move. I take my hat off too. The sombrero. Boo. Boo. I boo that. Um, but I said in the beginning that this is the
1: one that kind of confuses me. Sombrero? And, yes. And there's a reason for that because although it should be the easiest... Maybe I'm just, like, a bit of a stickler for what a sombrero actually is.
0: Okay, so what do you think a sombrero actually is?
1: Because I think of it as uh, something closer to the rainbow. The idea of, like, you have to, like, catch the ball between your feet and sort of you bring it, like, behind your back and over the top yeah. of your head and over an opponent, you run around, you catch it on the like other side. Like the
0: Ardiles does in uh, Escape to Victory.
1: I was going to ask you if you knew why the English call it the Ardiles flick. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why. Um, but, yeah, it's basically, to me, it's lifting or flicking the ball over an opponent's head while you simultaneously run around or past them. Yeah. Um and I always think about it like going over your back to do that. That said, this past week we saw Raul Ruiz Diaz for Seattle yep. that like MLS posted. Uh, he pulls off the sombrero and then he gets the goal and I found myself reeling from that.
0: So you you disagree that it's like anything where you put the ball over an opponent's head? I don't know. See, I guess that's what I mean is
1: like I don't know. if I just know that that's how I've always understood it. Yeah. But it might be one of those things where like I was pretty confi- confident that written out the name uh, P-H-O-E-B-E for my entire life was Phoebe. Didn't know that it was Phoebe. Didn't realize that because you never see that like written out and said at the same time. So I also don't know how if I just. You,
0: how did you think Phoebe from Friends spelled her name?
1: I like F E E B E E. I don't know, man. I don't know these things. I saw Phoebe written in a book once and was like, Oh, Phoebe. And I think I maybe, yeah, I think I just always thought it was phobia.
0: I mean, I don't want to get into a big debate with you about uh-huh. it, because I'm not sure there's any winner to it. But I think anything where it goes over the opponent's head is right. a sombrero. That's yeah. it. And I think that the reason I think that is because mm-hmm. we call that other thing the rainbow, or in England, the idealist flicker, like because mm-hmm. that has other names. To me, then sombreros are more all-encompassing, lifting it over someone's head term. Fine. So if you'd indulge me for a second, Fine. what are the other ways of lifting it over someone's head?
1: I mean, so you mean aside from just sort of like apart the from flick, the rainbow, yeah, flick, yeah. Oh, apart from the rainbow flick, I mean, li- literally just like if the ball is bouncing and I like just tap it over your like like ankle, ankle locked with the laces, put it over the top of your head and yep. run around you, then it's kind of made the the hat shape as
0: well. And here's what I think: mm-hmm. it's actually harder than you think because it's easy to lift it over someone's head technically, but the trick is to only lift it just above the person's head, right? Because if you go too high, Mm -hmm. then the ball's just wild and out of control. It's got to be sort of measured. You've almost got to like measure the person and be like, all right, six foot one. All right, this ball's going six foot two, just in case they jump a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? It does have to be... You have have,
1: to be a a good tailor. You have to be
0: a good tailor, Mm -hmm. so you can do it Um, (laughs) to lift the ball over someone's head. I've also seen it done from a standing start. Just like ball is like dead. And I've seen, I think, J.J. Okacho maybe just scoop the ball over someone's head and then off they go the other side that's even harder right because when you're not in motion yeah I love watching him embarrass people Augustine (laughs) Uh, yes
1: Uh, so I guess I take your point then maybe maybe just putting it over the the opponent's head is credit enough because it's also worth noting that then you're having to track the trajectory of the ball while running around another human yep because that's the other component (laughs) here that can sometimes be uh, a challenge and
0: you've got to look out for other humans wearing the same color shirt as the guy that you just lifted it up you do you do So the obvious question, why is it called a sombrero? Or uh, the
1: obvious answer? I mean, because basically, uh, yeah, when it goes like, like over your head, it makes the kind of outline of the sombrero. You could have gone with, I, I guess, a 10-gallon hat if you wanted to. <laughs> sombrero sounds better. And Texas is called the
0: 10-gallon. Yes. Clint Dempsey calls it the 10-gallon. He does. <laughs> he probably doesn't. He probably does not. <laughs> I would argue it's weirdly not that effective unless you're on the move. Because it's slow. I feel like even the idealist flick, I can do that, the rainbow. It kind of slows momentum a little bit, unless you're really fast and smooth with it.
1: I mean, unless the defender is static. Like, Rui Diaz, if you're going to consider that a sombrero, like, he does it very effectively of, this is the way to get around that defender, more so over that defender, uh, because their positioning is such that they're not going to be able to kind of turn and react to it, whereas I'm running at full speed. I think it works there. I also think of it weirdly as, like, a Mortal Kombat fatality, to some extent. (laughs) That, like, you see it happen... Like, not a lot of the time, but a decent percentage of the time you see it used in a game, it's being used by somebody to be like, it's 3-0 and now I'm doing this. I think of Neymar. Yep.
0: Because I think of Neymar as someone who looks Mm -hmm. to show off and embarrass an opponent and not necessarily when it's a good idea. But I've seen Neymar do this and it's very much a, I'm Neymar, I can do this kind of move.
1: Yes, one of the most famous instances, though, that I can think of, or that I could think of when I wrote it down because I have it in front of me, uh, does involve a Brazilian, but it's a Brazilian defending. Ooh. It's Roberto Carlos. Uh, he gets uh, sombreroed by Ilham Monses of Turkey. Uh, Munces is, uh, as you would... Guess it to be spelled, except the I has no dot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he does it in the 2002 World Cup. And uh, for it, Roberto Carlos, I believe, gets a yellow. Or at the very least, just fouls him because he's not letting that happen. That's a
0: very Brazilian thing, right? Yes. I will not be embarrassed. Yes. I will take you out instead. <laughs> it's
1: such it's a gonna, weird, like, I time. will embarrass you and I will do many things. But how dare you <laughs> attempt to do that to me? And then, yeah, Odiles, uh, you can find that little clip of uh, him in Escape to Victory. Yeah. He does, like, the full rainbow sombrero over a uh, German guard. Oh,
0: we should put some examples or of Or Nazi
1: officer. I forget what they were playing against.
0: It definitely German. I guess both. Uh, yeah.
1: Either way, if it's somebody guarding a camp, it's it was, probably a Nazi officer. It
0: was Germans during World War II, so I'm yes. going to say Nazis. That makes sense. Fair? Yes. yes. Uh, we oh, no, 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 no,
1: no. What I'm saying is I don't know if it was like... SS Nazi or if it was like a normal like soldier Nazi that's I what see. I'm saying
0: does it make a difference <laughs> kind of I think I think it does you'd rather do it to the SS if they have a skull on their hat
1: <laughs> they definitely deserve a sombrero and then some
0: <laughs> they deserve idealists to flick the ball yes over. okay I've done this and it's gone wrong I've <laughs> done this in a All game right. and essentially doing the I- somebody in the face no doing the idealist thing yeah. and the thing that I got wrong was not putting in a force behind it yep. and you end up just flicking it up behind you yep. and then running off again without the ball yes yeah
1: have you seen like, the jet skis that shoot the water in the air behind it? That's yeah. what it looks like when you do it, it the is. wrong way. But <laughs>
0: you've seen this happen many, I've, many I mean, times. I've so. done it many, yeah. many
1: times. Yes, I've pulled
0: it off in pickup games, and it is a glorious feeling.
1: Yes, it <laughs> really is, and and it's another one where you have to act like yes, yeah, no big deal, yeah, while you're silently that. like oh
0: my god, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually get invited to play for a team after doing it in pickup. That's like, how it I got works, my friend. Up by
1: that team. God, they would uh, no disrespect; they would have been so disappointed. They're like, "We got this great flair player," and you come in <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm a center back." <laughs> that was an outlier. <laughs>
0: they paid me midfield. I played like deep lying yeah, midfield the whole did. season. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness, that's a lesson for people out there. Just do one of these in 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 like a trial. You'll get you'll get an invitation <laughs> to play. If it comes on the ten yeah.
0: percent chance, it comes off. Yep. You'll get the contract. Go for
1: it. It's the Hail Mary move if you don't think it's going well. <laughs> it
0: is. We should na- rename it the Hail Mary. We should. <laughs> okay, so there's your explanations for Rabona. Bravella Elastico sombrero. You got anything else to add, Taylor, on any of these?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was first done by a Brazilian in 1968. What uh, was? That? Alexandre de Carvalho Caneco, for short, of Santos was the first one to do the sombrero. Oh, I think in the rainbow format.
0: The rainbow format. Yes, <laughs> that's a very nice way. Also,
1: the lambretta apparently is what it's called. The lambretta. I have no idea.
0: That's interesting. Yes. All right. Give me the player's name one more time.
1: Uh, you can know him, Caneco with a K. K A N E C O is can- his can- Brazilian name.
0: All right. So this has been. Sucker 101. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share it. Please uh, subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts wherever you listen. Please give us a review. Please let people know about Sucker 101 because when it comes out, it's going to be a brand new show. We want to get the word out as much as possible.
1: I also want people to send us video of them trying these moves. (laughs) Via Twitter, via Instagram, via email, whatever you want to go with. I I want footage of people... Some people who like maybe pulling them off very smoothly, that's fine. But yeah. I also want some uh, George Cresci-esque like, kook slams of people <laughs> trying to pull off a Rabona and tripping themselves.
0: Rabona kook slams would be glorious. It would have to be by the water, right? That
1: has to exist. <laughs> now I'm going to go spend my time trying to find that. So
0: if you are going to send it to us via Twitter, it's worth reminding people that we're not always Soccer 101. Mm-mm. Soccer 101 is a total soccer show production. It's a deal. We are the total soccer show. That is a long-running, 10 years at the time of recording uh, podcast that's much more um, the news of the day, the latest game we give analysis and all that sort of stuff so if you're looking for a a daily soccer show five days a week the total soccer show is is the one we hope you will listen to and on twitter we are at total soccer show all of those things you said were correct they are i'm gonna close out the show by saying i've been daryl grove i've been taylor rockwell you've been listening to soccer 101 thank you for listening